Wow, I feel like ESPN or Howard Stern on that intro. Hey, this is Scott with Leading Edge Archery. Um, episode three or four, heck, I can't remember anymore. Um, we're going to talk four. about some cool stuff today. I don't remember they saying three or four. Um, I think we're going to talk about arrow builds, stay on the technical side of it. And this is something I've actually been avoiding talking about because this is a polarizing one for me. You know, Bridger and I actually have some pretty good disagreements about arrow builds. Um, but talk about maybe all the manufacturers that we're familiar with out there. Talk about their arrows, um, and then kind of how we go about setting up our shooters even from a, both the target and a hunting perspective. So we'll probably get in some hunting stuff on this side. And I know we're going to chase a couple really, really, really big squirrels, probably approaching Godzilla's, um, if we get on the subject of FOC. Godzilla was a lizard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but if he was a squirrel. True. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> He's got a big enough tail. Anyways, um, because, yeah, the FOC thing is I crazy polarizing for me, at least. Um, I've been in some heated debates with manufacturers on stuff, and I have my my reasonings. Anyways, um, just got done with the holidays. Everybody have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go work out about 50 times in order to burn the yeah. calories I had yesterday. I am vowing to not eat another tamale until next December. That's what we're having for dinner after we no, get done. No, that's not happening. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get pizza. I'll eat, I'll eat bread, a loaf of bread. God, I'm over tamales. I have a Hispanic girlfriend, and it's been nonstop for three weeks. I, th- I went over to your house, Jason, for, for Christmas, and I don't think we had any... Hispanic food? Hispanic food whatsoever. That's not I mean, we have some... some uh, we did have tamales at the end of the night, but oh, we had one. That's true. Just I don't even one. think I finished it. Yeah. I don't blame you. Oh, my God, I'm over them. I want ham, mashed potatoes, gravy, biscuits, and green beans. It's Thanksgiving. Well, it's... I think we just had, like, appetizers. Yeah. Must Jal- be nice. Jalapeno poppers. Jalapeno coconut poppers. Shrimp. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Mini egg rolls. Yeah. Wow. We had a... Uh, Some nice charcuterie. A German style brie cheese with roasted bell peppers and okay, you got that it. was really good. <laughs> I was all about that cheese. Wow, way too worldly for me. I anyway. just hot cheese and crackers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's white can, people queso. Yeah, white you, people queso. There you, you go. can get the same effect if you take a can of cheese whiz and put it outside <laughs> in the summertime, and then. Put it exactly, white, white people queso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah, we're a little hungover, I think, from the Christmas holidays, but, hey, we're here. So we're going to get this one on the road and talk about arrow builds. Um, you know, we actually have had about – I've had at least three or four people um, text or get on our Facebook page to talk about, hey, we want to hear about arrow builds. And I think because, man, there are a hundred different ways to skin that cat. And we're not going to sit here and say that ours is the only way, mine, Bridgers, Jason's, whoever. But, you know, we I will tell you, at least from our standpoint here at Leading Edge, we try to put method to the madness. Um, you know, we're not a shop that 
you come in and we've got just oodles and oodles of arrows that are pre-fletched. You go up and grab the six that you want, take them up, get them cut, and go on your merry way. It's not the way we do things here. Um, so because I think there's a whole heck of a lot more technical aspect of archery arrow building than there is um, out there as far as what a lot of shops are doing. So, and honestly, we probably take target te- technology and put into the our arrow builds on the hunting side, and um, and we'll dabble in and talk about that FOC thing for real because it's it's a real subject. Because you can now Google, I think, on any forum. I'm thinking of Target Archery Unlimited, and what did you say, Archery Hooligans? Um, I don't know if that's a uh, forum as much as a just a show. Well. It's satire page. Satire Satire archery archery page. Well, I mean, an archery talk, you can go in there. I mean, everybody's talking about FOC, FOC, FOC. Hell, I know of probably three companies that have built their brand around FOC and, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, are making millions of dollars, and they are selling some of the crappiest Kool-Aid on the planet. I won't name them. But um, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I even had a guy text me on our Instagram page. You know, have we went overboard with FOC? And I wanted to put yes in capital 48 character letters and 5,000 exclamation points because it's crazy. Because um, aerodynamically, it's just it's just getting it's getting crazy. It's getting overboard. So anyways, um, arrow builds. I guess I want to go around the room here. Bridger, what's your take on arrow building? Well, I mean, it, it, it all depends on what I'm shooting you know, from a hunting standpoint, what type of game I'm shooting, what I'm trying to achieve as far as a speed goes. Um, if I'm shooting something specific like like eastern turkeys back in Iowa or if I'm shooting elk or axis deer here in Texas or, you know, even even the difference between whitetail here in Texas versus in the Midwest. Right, right. I mean, it all depends. The same with archery. I mean, there's a million different venues. If I'm shooting – like a Vegas setup or a NFAA indoor setup, uh, that's going to be different than my USA archery indoor setup or my world archery indoor setup right. versus, I mean, I guess for field and out, like for outdoor, excluding 3D, like uh, my outdoor FIDA or outdoor target uh, field and uh, like marked 3D setup is all going to be pretty similar right and then very slightly for 3d as well so folks if you heard him and i think this is the most important thing if you go and and find a shop um buying an arrow just to buy an arrow is just not smart it's not good business um what bridger just went through is exactly what we ask you our customer when you walk through the door yeah like what what are you shooting what game you playing where are you going to do with it? Where are you going to end up with yeah. it? Blah, 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 blah. Because I mean, each of those arrows are different. Yeah. I mean, there time. there is some overlap, I Correct. think, especially in hunting. Like, yeah. You can grab a standard, you know, a five and a half millimeter, like an Axis or a 204 ID arrow. Or even a 246, from, per from, se. from any company and achieve what you want to achieve is from a hunting standpoint. Absolutely. Like, for me, my I would argue that my hunting setup, short of, like, maybe Cape Buffalo or Water Buffalo or you know, giant African game, I, I could kill anything in North America with it without even blinking an eye. I'm shooting right. a 440 grain arrow at 380 or 285 feet per second. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's so, yeah, cause we've been killing animals up to, well, even those game animals you talked about have been killed with 246 shafts, you know, let's yeah. say 10, 15 years ago before the micro damage really took hold, took a hold in the marketplace. 246 was it. 
you know, that's a standard. Well, from a carbon aerosol. standpoint. From a carbon standpoint. From a carbon standpoint. I mean, yeah. you can go back and look at aluminum. Right. And I would argue that some of the aluminum hunting arrow setups that we had back in the 80s and 90s were, were better. Than today. Than that. Well, not only today, but especially that first run when uh, carbon arrows started to become super, super popular. Oh, yeah. Remember, and everybody was trying to get that lightning speed. The Beeman's. <laughs> the, when right. Gold Tip first came out with the, the uh, 5575s. Right. Um, back when they actually called them 55 75 right um but like everybody was trying to go to that super lightweight arrow and the aluminums were still performing better be just for the fact that they had weighed more right exactly instead of launching a 330 grain arrow and elk at 60 yards right <laughs> yep jason what about you i have i'm pretty much the same I'm, I'm not involved in as many games as bridger is you know i've got my outdoor feed arrows got my indoor arrows and then my hunting arrows um and yeah picked up a the standard hunter 400s and went and hunted with those for a while until i swapped to micro diameter hunting arrow Um, i just like running a lot of front weight just to be able to get a good a good punch on on whatever it is that i'm shooting right um and then for outdoor you know i try to run as smaller diameter as i can um this last year you saw me switch from um i was shooting the the victory vap elite targets and then shot the vxts when they came out and then eventually i just said screw it i'm gonna shoot x10s and that's what i wound up shooting and for me that just works the best right yeah exactly same thing could be a jason's a little more keep it simple stupid he's got three games that really are shooting almost the same diamond arrows even as the hunting Mm -hmm. now so i mean it's a that's an easy way of looking at it because I know some guys, you know, heck, I was one of them. I carried freaking three or four different arrows sizes with me at all times, yeah. just depending on well, what I mean, game I was going to shoot. I mean, I still try and find as many parallels as I can between from one game to the next. I mean, indoor, I feel like indoor is a hard one to say because you're either, it's a different, yeah. depending on what level you're at, you're either shooting a 27 or a 23, depending on what event you go right, to. Right. If it's not World Archery or USA Archery affiliated, you're shooting a 27 series arrow. Okay, so can we stop right there real quick and chase one squirrel? Sure. These manufacturers, I mean, it's the manufacturers, but the organizations, I mean, don't you feel like that they should all get on the same page so we can get out of this 23-27 game? Because it's, it's irritating. What's irritating about it? The differences. So, like, if you go to NFA, you can shoot a 27. If I go to USA, shooting the same damn yardage, pretty much the same target with two less dots on it, and I got to shoot a 23. That's just, for me, asinine. Makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, which one would you rather have, a 23 or a 27? That's a good question. Um, Because because I think from an industry standpoint right now, I don't think either of them are going away because they make too much money on both sizes. Well, exactly. That's why I say, like, why is it a bad thing? All of a sudden, now your manufacturers are making more money. Me as a shooter, I got more stuff to step. I got more stuff to sell. But it's a bigger pain in the butt for the layman archer. And we're, I'm dealing with it right now with some of our kids shooters. You know, we're getting now the spot hog swap rest because it's easy mm-hmm. to swap in and out, not change knock points, and use both sides of your sight to have one for twenty seven, one for twenty threes, and one for micros. It can be done. It's just a pain. Yeah. And I mean, and I I get it, but I would like to see it go to twenty threes. I mean, there's a lot of guys, even in the pro class, that exclusively shoot 23s. Correct. Because a lot of times... A lot of women do. A lot of women do, but mostly because you can, like, actually break down the spines of those arrows. A lot of times they tune a little easier because of the wider range of spine options, Um, as well as just, I mean, wider range of spine options and weight options, too. Right. I mean, just just in Easton's line alone, they have... 
2315, I believe they still make. Then a 2318, and those are their aluminum arrows. Right. And then they have the Superdrive 23, which I think is offered in like three spines. Right. And then do they still offer the Fat Boy even? No. So or do they eliminate 20, the Fat Boys? They, I think it's Superdrive 25 and 20, right. 23, well, 25. Well, but I mean just the 20, 23 series arrow, they offer six or seven different options, whether you want 3D indoor out or whether you want it indoor only, a, kind of a mix between both or a 3D arrow. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, I just always thought that we should try to simplify the sport and try to make it easier for the archers to not have so many different arrows. But I know it's a money game from the manufacturer standpoint. Yeah. You know, I've also well, been the I'm I'm the guy sitting on the fringe too that I know from setting up and and holding hosting a 3D tournament here locally even that you know, 27 size arrows just destroy targets. And I have always been an advocate of having a, a minimum maximum diameter 23. I don't think it'll ever happen. No, I, think I don't may, think it will. I think it makes the game funner. I think it makes it more challenging. Um, I'll tell you what. I If I ever want to shoot really poorly at a tournament, I'll take a set of 27s with Well, me. that's the thing. I'm so ne- it's funny you say I've that. I've never gotten so, to shoot you know, with a damn. Well, here's a, and here's a great you know segue into the fact that we as archers, and I'm going to put the amateur hat on, and I've, I see this every day with archers that come in and out of the shop. Um, I, they're trying – You know, I have a saying – I stay in business because archers try to buy points. Yeah, every single day, and so they're shooting a twenty-seven series shaft, and quite frankly, the arrows are not near long enough for them, especially guys twenty-eight, twenty-seven, twenty-six inch draw length. Mm-hmm. And this is the most unforgiving log or piece of iron rebar you can shoot down the lane. Well, and and they think they're buying points because they're getting an extra three thousandth diameter. Well, you know what's funny? You only so going from a twenty-three to a twenty-seven, twenty-three sixty-fours and imperial measurement versus 2764. You can only measure two of those because your impact point is exact center of the arrow. Correct. You only get a score on one yeah, side. You only get arrow. one half of it. So <laughs> even though that arrow is 464 or yeah. whatever the measurement is, larger, right. right? you only you really only get a count two. You only rounds. get half of it. Yeah, you only get <laughs> which, half, half the shot. But you think about... I can't even a 64 physically think about... like no. About two human hairs put together. Seriously? Yeah. And you, so you get four human hairs. Yeah. Total. Yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> so it's funny, folks. Go from a 23 to a 27. Yeah. And honestly, what Bridger's talked about, and I'll tell you, this is what people don't realize, you know, I actually prefer a 23 shaft for everything. If I was, my feet were held to the fire and I had one arrow to pick for all disciplines, I shoot a 23. Not just because the max size is 23 in USA archery. Well, I just think it's a more forgiving, easier arrow for me to build and play with. For you as far as a indoor th- and 3D arrow? Indoor 3D. If I was going to shoot one arrow for all disciplines, it would be that arrow, excluding the the feet of game with the micros. Mm-hmm. You know? um, just because, like to your point, people don't realize you get into a triple X, it's a 150 spine. Um, you know, Leaving that arrow full length and adding 300 grains to it is barely going to start breaking it down. Well, it and, doesn't. Yeah, You're just yeah. playing the bow to find the speed for that arrow. That is correct. And a lot of guys don't realize they think that they are, and they really aren't. And I've seen so many guys do it for, to no, your point, to get the two to get the four human hairs, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes. Um, so you know that's a good point, and I think it's something that needs to be considered when you're going to pick that arrow. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it depends on the shooter. I think you can have a, a 27 series arrow that shoots as good or better than a 23 series arrow. Last year, I shot those tank twenty, the tank twenty sevens from Carbon Express, and I loved that arrow. That was one of the best indoor arrows I'd ever shot. Yeah, and it's a two fifty spine, but for whatever reason, that arrow was crazy forgiving. 
um, even more so than uh, any 23 series arrow from Carbon Express that I right. shot between a, a Tank 23D or a, a X-Busters. Right. They, it shot as good or better. But I don't know. If you're somebody that's trying to look for a single arrow that you could use for NFA competition, FIDA, FIDA indoor competition, and 3D, I mean, most guys, you can usually find an arrow that's going to work out. I know a lot of guys last year, even for indoor feeder, were shooting uh, like the Super, Drive, the Super Drive 23. 23s, yeah. Which is an awesome 3D arrow because they're crazy light. Right. But they were able to tune them and shoot them at 20 yards, even though they're going that fast. And that's right. usually, normally, that's the reason why guys like to shoot a heavier, larger arrow for indoors, just to slow it down, give the arrow more time to recover as it's flying through the air. Right. So. Yeah, there's a big school of thought on that one because I've heard a lot of guys talk about, you know, this is one for the Mythbusters. Um, <laughs> you know, I need to be shooting 280 some feet a second. I got to pick up my speed, which will help lessen the amount of the flaws that I am parting on the bow with my torque, grip torque, and so on and so forth. So it get in the arrow there faster, less time for it to make a bad, bad yeah, turn. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it depends and I, on I the shooter. I disagree with that personally. That's I think slow, heavy, a heavier arrow will forgive more of the flaws in the shot and the bow. Because it's absorbing most well, it of the energy. It has energy. more time. To, yeah. it had, it, I mean, it takes longer to get there. It's got more time to recover. Correct. But, Correct. Yeah. So that's a good one. Um, arrow builds for, you know, well, let's let's go down the list I here. Think, let's talk. Go ahead. I think, well, I assume you're going to go like to outdoor 3D type stuff. Yeah, I was going to start actually with all the disciplines and talk about each of them, even get into the honey side of it a little bit. Um, but let's, yeah, look at, maybe let's talk about, indoor 3d first or not excuse me indoor archery um and I, I don't know we may have to break it down like even looking at nfaa versus usa because they are two different arrows of yeah. course i mean a because lot 90 percent of people are shooting 27s in nfaa correct yeah if you look at vegas if you went to vegas right i mean you got really there's well what four big four big companies that are going to be there like in mass easton, easton black eagle gold tip and carbon express yeah a victory, right. you'll see some victory. The victory is kind of a fifth, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd say, but that's it. Yeah, I agree with you. And you got, yeah, you got these fringe manufacturers that are out there like crazy now too. So yeah, but, but I mean, those, look, those five will those be your five big ones. And like out of all of them, the I think victory and, and uh, gold tip are the only two that don't like try and cater to that ultra heavy arrow, right? Because that was the whole reason uh, Black Eagle came out with that uh, PS twenty seven. Correct. Was it was way heavier than the Magnum that they had, right? And the same reason that Carbon Express came out with the Tank Twenty Seven is it was much much heavier than the was it the Line Jammer? Line no, the X, X Jammer. X Jammer Twenty Seven. Yeah. So and then Easton has a Super Drive Twenty Seven, which is more geared towards their three D side. Yeah, they don't really. Well, and it's they a don't really like, lot better arrow than that. That uh, what's it called? The super, what was it? The full bore. The full bores. Yes. I hate to break too, but it's it's the same. No, it can't. <laughs> they be. changed a little bit on it, but they, they use the same components and stuff. Same components, arrow. I agree. But uh, arrow got to be different. I mean, either way, they they market that more as a three D arrow, right? Um, so if you look at it just from the aluminum side, obviously aluminum, stupid heavy. I think my twenty sevens are like eleven point three or eleven point five yeah, grams an inch. Crazy or heavy. I mean, they're they're pretty heavy. So. I mean that the majority of the market is kind of swinging that way as far as right. what type of arrow people shoot right. for indoor. 
Yeah, definitely the 27, I think. And I'm I'm specifically talking about NFA in Vegas. I think that's definitely the arrow of choice for sure. Mm-hmm. Which, once again, kind of weird, but the NFAA no, is shooting a Vegas-style face, which is in feta type face for in shooting 27, which I thought was kind of weird. But anyways, um, each of the manufacturers, Bridgers talked about also, I think Carbon Express is using the tri-spine technology. Not right? in the 27. Not in the 27s. Good to know. I didn't know that. Nope. No. Okay. They cool. only have the tri spine in their in their hunting arrows. Hunting slings. arrows and then the a couple of the the small diameter. But they are cross they're cross woven. They're they're cross carbon fiber. Yeah. yeah. I think the only the only thing that I've heard about this, and I used to shoot the the CXLs, one fifty two fifties, and was the guys in three D that like to turn their arrows before they pull out, we used to break a lot of them. We we snapped that weave. Oh, I don't know. I never broke it. I you didn't break a one? single tank twenty seven. No, no, not saying the tanks. The, this was the old CX. The old ones, way back yeah. In the day. The yeah. old ones were fairly brittle. These new yeah. ones, I don't know how they changed them. I had helped work on them right. when they first were coming out with them, but hell, I think that there's a video somewhere, one of the promo videos they did when we first released the 27. I tubed the back one, right, and it like bounced out, like right. it didn't break the arrow at all. Gotcha. Component wise, they're, they're I think Carbon Express makes some pretty good components. Yeah. I like their, their knock bushings are really good um, points. You know, you can go PDB points or even um, top hats or I mean, I, even I their points use, are pretty decent. I mean, I used uh, uh, competition points. Competition I know, points. Well, I know Rod Menzer quite well, and he's the gentleman that, that uh, started that company and built them. But, I mean, I would do all my testing and stuff with the factory Factories, components right. and had no problems. Gotcha. Um, on the Easton side, Easton is just uh, they they off and Carbon Express on the Tank Twenty Seven. It's just there's no spine. Difference. No, they only come on a two fifty. Two fifty spine. Um, on the Easton side, uh, they have the full bore and they offer that in a, I think in a two seventy and a three or two fifty and a three hundred or two fifty and a three fifty. Gotcha. I don't know that line quite well enough, but then for the aluminums, they only offer the twenty seven twelve. Right, just twenty seven twelve. Which right. that one's a two seventy spine. Yeah, and that arrow, quite frankly, is probably won more money in the last ten years than uh, that every single arrow combined. That yeah, I mean, it's just the arrow. I mean, if you're shooting, it's got a distinct sound. I always tell people when you go to indoors, it sounds exactly like an aluminum arrow. It's pretty wicked. Um, but for sure, the Easton series, and I think for me, Easton makes the best components in the business. But that's just my opinion. I shoot their knocks, I shoot their bushings. I love everything yeah. about them. They're they're amazing. Um, Gold tips, the Triple X series, one fifty spine only. Mm-hmm. That's all they offer. Um, Gold tip makes great components too. I mean, their shafts are pretty good. Um, you know, I'm going to sit there. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, we as a shop, we used to be the one of the largest gold tip shops in the country at one time, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen a for us at least, you know, a quality issue with their straightness. Just my, I'm just going to throw it out there. That's me. Um, I could be wrong, but when we spin test them against you know, the other shafts, and none of the shafts are great, but they're, they're, we've seen some issues with them in the last year. Yeah. Personally. No, I mean, it's tough to make a carbon arrow straight. It's it easier. Is. No, it's easier with a bigger diameter like the triple X, um, just because that, I mean, you got more oh, wiggle huge. room. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's tough to make a carbon stick straight. Yep. Yeah, if you ever watch how they're made, it's pretty amazing. But, yeah, I agree with you. And then, uh, let me see, moving on, Black Eagle. Black Eagle's probably made the biggest push for, I think, from an industry standpoint in the last mm-hmm. probably two or three years. Well, I mean, you think about it, they're compared to a gold tip, especially compared to an Easton right. and even a Carbon Express, they're a fairly new company. Oh, they're brand new. 
They're a baby. <laughs> How long have long have they been this? What six years? Uh, Randy, yeah, Randy's probably been around for. Well, six see, or seven you got to. Well, I mean, yeah, just I just the Black Eagle. Name. The Black Eagle name, probably six or seven years. Yeah, which it's amazing to see the type of, of impact that a company that that young that young that can have. Oh, it's industry. huge. Yeah, I mean, you go to the ASA talk. They're they are they own every 50 female to archer. Seventy percent, absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I mean, for us, when we seen them and they come online, they were just so damn straight. They we loved them because you know we just had to spend a lot of them, mm -hmm. um, and we spend test almost every shaft, especially on the target side before we build, and we really liked them. The I personally think their PS twenty six series is better than twenty sevens. It's offered more spine sizes. That's why I like it so much. I well, think yeah, it's a, I shot it, the twenty six. It's a wider. Amazing. It's a wider use arrow again yeah. kind of going back to that what can what can your average joe bag of donuts use right for more than just one thing correct because i mean you're, you're looking to spend a 200 dollars on a dozen arrows yeah exactly. and that's that's before you put points in them put points before you fletch them, them. Put, put knocks knocks <laughs> exactly. everything they're not their bushing system is pretty good i like their i actually really like their points their points are pretty amazing um not a fan of their knocks i'm still eastern g knock for all of those um but they, they do a good job. Black Eagle's done a great job. And then Victory, on their side, of the NVX-27s are, oh, I think they're a 250 spine. It's the only thing they were shown in. Two or um, 250, yeah. Yeah. And they are a little unique in the fact that they offer that, that I forget what they call it. That, that spinal line. That, well, that and the coating. It's got that, the ice, that coating. ice coating. Yeah. Ice coating. That's it. I'm not a big Jason's fan. a Victory guy. <laughs> God, that ice coating is just to it make just it makes so it, your hands are slippery and you can't Yeah, it's pull supposed anything. to make it easier for the arrow to come out of the target. I think it's easier for the arrow to penetrate deeper in the target. So you and your hand will slide. <laughs> and then your hand fast. slips on that ice crap. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, well, they. They make a good arrow. They make I mean, a great nothing, arrow. Nothing wrong with they're tough. Yeah. They're one of the tougher arrows I've seen, but I think durability wise, yes. I am not a fan of their components. I've never been. I, I my only issue with Victory has been in the last ten years is components, components, components. As far as on the back end, uh, both, both. both. We, well, we, I mean, I guess I'm we, thinking from a target perspective because all their all their target points are made by black. Your uh, uh, top point, top, top hat, top their top hat. hat. Yeah, yeah. And I, I tell you though, we had. Um, we were sanding down interiors on those. Well, last time I shot them, hyper shot them was probably about seven or eight years ago. And I know the owner really well, and I talked to him about it, and he's he admitted that yeah they had an issue. Well, dude, concentricity on an arrow is tough. It a, is. it's tough to get correct, and B, it's tough to measure. Right. I mean, there's no real uniform measurement. Now, I say uniform pretty loosely because every arrow company measures their straightness tolerances differently. Exactly. It can be only the center 28 inches on one laser is right. a 003 and so another company is Four. there's only a six inch window that right. has to fit in right that 003 or 001 tolerance right that's crazy you're right about that for sure um so well, i mean from a uh I mean, a tolerance perspective, like there can be some, I mean, those numbers get fudged just like IBO or ASA, well, ASA no speed numbers on bow companies. I mean, yeah. that, that, that number gets fudged around, which I mean, I think can create some confusion in the, the consumer market. Yeah. Without a doubt. There's no doubt. And you know, if you sit back and really, really test them, I mean, it's, there's, I can like triple X is a great example, you know, as short as I am, if I wanted to shoot them, if I left them at 27, 28 inches long. I can make those straight. You know, mm -hmm. Tim Tim Gillingham did a really good video on this probably about, I want to say 10, 12 years ago, where, you know, I have, I've actually talked to him about it. You know, quite frankly, if you're 
a short draw archer like myself from Bridger, you're even at 28 inches mm-hmm. draw length. You could oh, do the same way thing. Easier to find yeah, we can shoot. We can shoot their low end, their six thousand mm-hmm. straightness, cut off the ends, and make that a point zero zero one straightness arrow pretty quick. Yeah, and not spend the extra. Fifty bucks a dozen. Yeah, you know. Well, not, and I, I can't see, do that. I know. No, I Jason, Jason, you can't do that. Jason, <laughs> nope. So, like, for reference, Scott, you're what twenty six and a half. Twenty six and a half. I'm a twenty eight inch draw length, and Jason, you're 30, 30, 30, 30 and a half. Yeah, I'm between twenty nine and a half, thirty. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's four extra inches of arrow that he's right. got to leave on. I don't get that freedom, mm-hmm. so I got to <laughs> make then, sure that that I pick the the best straightest arrow right out there. and i know like even talking to a good example you know talking about being able to use less arrow uh domi Budin, he won uh redding this past year um i remember when he was shooting for gold tip he had a lot of issues getting straight arrows because he had for him to shoot an arrow and have it be cut off at at the prongs on his rest like right. he was shooting a standard blade rest for it to be cut off at the rest his arrow was like Gosh, I'm trying to remember. 29 and three quarters, almost 30 inches long. That gives him less than two inches to work with. Oh, he had he could cut like an inch off of a he set said, of 300 yeah. pierced tours. Jeez. Yeah. Like, and there's only so many ways you can cut a half an inch off an arrow. Right, exactly. <laughs> that was that was the issue that we had when I first tried the, the pierced tours. Yeah. A uh, couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we got even, a dozen. Even though they're, well, and that's a good thing to talk about because even though they're 001. Yep. I mean, we're still spin testing them, still Correct. finding spots where we need to cut them off. Right. Because the way that goal tip measures well, their... Well, they're only middle 28. Mm-hmm. They're 14. The if they they're, you take that arrow in dead center, go 14 on each end, and that's where they, they measure mm-hmm. from. So that gives you wait, four inches. you got two inches on each end. You can be out of tolerance, and the arrow's still going to pass quality. Yeah. yeah and for that, a guy like Jason, that's not going to fly. That dozen would have worked for you guys. It just didn't work for me at that right. time because we had to cut two inches on one side of uh, on right. one set and the other. Yeah. And just, oh, and know, I remember... It didn't work out. Erica Jones used to shoot with her quite a bit before she kind of took a hiatus. What to raise starting a family? Her family. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I remember going to tournaments and I was shooting for gold tip at the time, and I had I had all my arrows. The logos were in different spots. Oh yeah, from cut because some of them I'd cut, you know, just square up one end and cut it all and off the other. Yeah. Some of them I'd square up the back, cut all off the front. Some I'd square up the fronts, yeah. cut all off the back. Some I'd cut even off both. Some I'd one inch here four inches on the other Absolutely. side vice versa i had labels in all different kinds of spots and it would bug the absolute crap out of her yeah just well, listening you, to you right now is making my ocd go haywire. well you, you know it's a serious <laughs> true true story when we have customers that come in and if they want a certain manufacturer we will tell them hey look are you okay your labels are not going to match and they're like, like what are you talking pretty, about well, well you're going to have one label here potentially and one label way down on the bottom and you know, but we're making them as straight as we can, and they're like they're they're clueless and they're kind of shocked. Yeah. But then you're right, Jason. I've had some of them that have OCD issues will be like, "Whoa, you know, oh, yeah, I I'd, don't like this." I'd lose my cookies. <laughs> yeah, but so no, there's, there's. I mean, we mostly only do that with guys that are going, like going out west shooting fixed right, blade shooting heads and fixed, stuff, and but, making long but shots. But still, right? I mean, some guys aren't. Aren't huge fans oh of that. no, 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 no! Because they think they also be, they, you know, honestly, a lot of them. This is the I think the misnomer within the industry. They think an arrow straight, and an arrow is only as straight as it can be, if it makes sense. Yeah. And you have to explain that to the customers, and they're kind of like, "Wow, are you kidding me?" And they just never heard that kind of stuff. But that's the kind of things that we're educating our customer base on for sure. So, um, we talk about twenty sevens real quick. So you go back down into the USA archery. 50 meter game you know most of us guys well i want to say 50 meter the indoor game 23s are the mm. norm um you know 
just talk about those and the 27s. You know, typically, most people in the indoor archery world are running what, Bridger? Minimum 150, 150 grains up front? Yeah. Minimum. Um, most most guys for like a 27 series shaft, yeah. I think 200 is probably the minimum. Correct. And then up between to 200 to 300, yeah. somewhere around there. I know I shoot 250. I shoot 250 on my 2712s. Yeah. I shot 250 on my tank 27s. Right. I shot 250 in my triple Xs. Yeah. I've shot, I mean, Maybe that's just the magic number for all well, three of those arrows, the way I cut them and the bows I was shooting at the time. Well, it's a lot of us keep it simple, stupid. You're keep it simple, stupid guy. Always ran. Yeah, and honestly, it, and I, I, I'm always encourage our indoor people to make sure and look at their arrows and run as much point weight as we can humanly put up there and still get the arrow down range. I'm a big advocate of we're going to use four inch feathers for the most part, even a four inch vein to help with steering mm-hmm. when you're running that kind of weight. And that's another thing that you know a lot of guys I think. They don't put enough thought into it. You know, they'll run blazers, or they will run, run blazers, yeah, or run, run some micro veins. And you can't steer that much weight, man. Uh, I don't you, care what anybody says. Man, you can't do if it. If you want to talk to somebody that's hyper anal about uh, uh, arrow setups and bow builds and all that, is Tim Gillingham. Oh, he's, he's the worst. He's got. <laughs> he's the, him and I have I gotten into so many discussions and arguments. Not necessarily arguments, just friendly disagreements. Debates. But, but about, yeah, like the way I set my stuff up yeah. versus him. And the one thing we agree on is putting as much crap on the back of the arrow to steer it as you can. He Absolutely. Shoot, right now, I think he's shooting four. He's shooting a four fletch with the 4.1 Q2i. Q2i's. Q2i's. That's I mean, a lot he's of got 16 inches of vein on the back of oh, his yeah. arrows. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's surface area. And, and, you know, for aerodynamically, the more surface area you put on the back end, the better the arrow is going to steer, yep. period. I don't care what anyone says. And, you know, that's the thing that I think is overlooked a lot because we're into this age, we were into this age of the blazer vein renaissance. Um, you see blazers on everything. And people don't realize, my opinion, that blazer vein became popular when mechanical broadheads became popular. 100%. You didn't need veins to steer those things. They're fuel points. Um, and now you got a lot of guys going back to cut on contact, and you got you know within the target archery world shooting big heavy points, and you need a lot of vein to steer that arrow. Yeah, you know, and then the weight. Uh, I will tell you my opinion. You put that two three hundred grains up front, you are, you are giving that arrow direction right out of the bow. I mean, it's that arrow. That point is pulling that arrow down 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 range um, as soon as it leaves. So mm-hmm. the arrow doesn't have a chance really to get a little cattywampus per se, um, because I've always been an advocate of. Make sure you manage the front and the back of the arrow. What happens in between is is moot. It doesn't matter. Mm. But we can we need steering on the back end and direction on the front end. So I think that's one of the things that if you want to become a really effective indoor archer and you want to get your scores up, shoot a big, stupid, heavy, very forgiving arrow and and quit chasing speed. I'm gonna I'm gonna text him right when we're done with this and tell him to listen to it. Oh, Tim will have a field day. He will lose his <laughs> mind. <laughs> no, I mean, but. Going back to Tim, like with the way he sets his arrows up, is completely different. Which it is again completely. goes back to well, he's a there's more than one two inch draw. He's a thirty two inch it draw. Makes so you can't get everything with a grain of salt. Exactly. But there are people I know that he set arrows up for that are normal. I said normal, like a little more less uh, outlier mm-hmm. wise as far as draw length and bow setup goes. And those hey. setups shot great. I remember. Uh, it's actually, uh, she's married to Garrett now, but um, Carly Cochran at the time, uh, she had never been able to shoot 27s before. She has like a 23 and a half inch draw length. <laughs> right. Dude, Tim cut her, she was still shooting 60 pounds, but Tim cut a set of 27s for her one year in Vegas to build for her to shoot. And they were 20, 
two and a half inches long or 20. Me? I mean, they were cut to the rest Triple with X's? 100 grain points. 100 grain points. And she shot one of the most stupid targets I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that is a piece of rebar. Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's Gillingham, though. I mean, I, you could. I've had would, some conversation with him. Like well, I called one time and talked to him about the, the an arrow we were building for a girl shooting a water buffalo, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing. He's just like, you know, you, you guys are putting too much thought in it. It's just crazy. Put a hundred grain broadhead on, put her two forty six shaft, and let her go kill it. You know, that's just yeah. what he thinks. He was just thinking, you know, well, make sure she can hit what she's aiming at, and that was yeah. more important. And you know, it's funny because he is right, hundred percent in a sense. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't know if I agree with the the arrow thing, but hey, Jason's <laughs> over shaking his head because he's done it. <laughs> Bite me. Um. But now, so if we move on to the 23 series on the USA side, if you're shooting indoor archery in the USA, um, nationals and so on and so forth, um, it's pretty much the same deal. Probably maybe not 300 grains up front. Most, most guys are running between a little one, bit lighter. Most guys are running between 150 and 200. And 200, correct. That's, I agree so with that. I think... But still couple, staying with that four-inch feather yeah. profile. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like my setup doesn't change at all. I... This year, I actually haven't even set up a set of 23s. Yeah, set 23s up, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm going to try the 2318s. Um, and since we went to – since Easton came out with those, they're a little bit stiffer spine right. than the 2315s were. Um, so guys are bumping up in weight. But we're still only going up to, like, 225. Right, right. Up front, I think it's yeah. been kind of the, well, the consensus between all the, the pro men, anyways, right. who are shooting that arrow. So a lot of people don't realize is that, and I know we're going to get really crazy technical here, but there's a difference between what I call spine and dynamic spine, meaning that, you know, you get a 27, 300 spine series arrow and you get that same thing in a 23 series, just the outside diameter being much more smaller, the dynamic flex of that arrow can be increased exponentially. And that's why if I think if you go to a 300 grain point on that thing, you're really going to break the crap out of the spine down on a 23 series, even though the numbers are the same, you know. If you look at a 26, PS26, you know, with the same spine. I mean, go right with that. So a 27 series, 27, or 2712 is a 270. I've got mine built 29 inches arrow length, 250 up front, four inch feathers. Right. I'm going to build my uh, 2318s, which are a 300 spine. Right. Exactly the same, but with 225 up front. And... They'll probably the, fly exactly the they'll same. They'll fly damn near the same. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's, even though, even though totally different 75 spine, and totally 75 grains weight. less on the front weight. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, and, that, and so it's something to be taken into account. You know, a lot of this stuff, folks, is just trial and error. Bridger's been doing this forever. Mo- I've been doing it forever. And you know, most, of, most of it is experiment. It is. And, which is cool because a lot of companies will make it points that you can play around with the weight. Goldtip yeah. has their fax system. Yep. You can take and they have 10, 20, and 50 grain weights, at least for their their indoor arrows, like a 23, 22, or their 22, 23, and their 27. Right. There's a couple other arrows in between there too. But well, you and can I'll take tell a you, screw weight in and out of the back. Carbon Express has a similar deal. Carbon Express did it for a little bit, but I still think Gold Tips is the superior system out there i mean Mm -hmm. i shot gold tip forever i still love them for hunting arrows because the fact weight system is the easiest the most effective way to tune an arrow and people a lot of guys would look at me and go how in the heck do you tune an arrow well that's how you know for the longest time i wouldn't shoot other manufacturers because i wasn't able to do that and at 26 inch 26 and a half inch draw let's say shooting a 27 inch arrow 28 inch arrow indoors and even a 25 and a half inch arrow outdoors which Mm -hmm. is a crossbow bolt um, that was real important for me to be able to put 20 to 40, maybe 60 extra grains in and out of the shaft on a fly mm-hmm. and, and s- find out which one's going to tune better. Well, and I don't even know if it's so much as tuning because I have yet to have an, unless it's like wildly out of spine, 
you can tune almost any bow to any area. Agreed. I'm, I'm guess when I say like, tuning, I mean forgiveness. As, yes, group as tuning, far as group five, tuning I mean, down the range. What decides? Correct. Shoot better. Yes. What's a little more forgiving? What's because a that less will forgiving. twenty grains, forty grains can make a big difference at twenty mm-hmm. yards, fifty and, yards, and especially. Some of it's just Trailing what area. speed the bow likes to shoot. So I, I, I talked to Jesse Broadward about this for a long time at ATA two years ago, and you know the year that he won Foley mm-hmm. Alabama with um, a Pierce next or next ten. Yeah, won it with the next ten. Blew everybody's mind, and I, t- you know, we were talking about it that next year, and he was like, "Yeah, I shot pretty much the the entire fleet of arrows that Easton provided me that year, from twenty sevens mm-hmm. down to the X tens, and at fifty yards, the X tens hit behind my pin better yeah. than a, any other shaft. And at the end of the day, if you're good enough to hit behind your pin, you'd be stupid not to shoot yeah, that you arrow. Should be aiming at who gives it? Yeah, <laughs> who gives a crap what are you shooting? And uh, I always thought that that has now always stuck with me. So now I'm, I you know I've actually passed it on to a lot of our shooters here. You need to shoot the arrow that's going to hit behind your pin the yeah. best. I mean, I, and I don't my, care what it is. My highest ASA score, I shot it with a Pierce Platinum. Yeah, <laughs> I go. shot, I shot thirty two up at the classic a yeah. few years ago with well, a Pierce Platinum. We get into that mindset, and I think that's why twenty sevens have been so popular. Of of you oh, know, cut the, line, cut the cut lines. I want to cut lines. I want to cut lines. You know, and then you look at their score. If they say they were, and I, I, hell, I'm guilty of this. I'll shoot 23 PS 23s at, a, at an event, and I will literally put a star next to every arrow that I would have caught the line if I'd have been shooting 27s and then find out how many points I left. But yeah, then but how again, do, how do you know if the 27 shoots? Eh, the same? There you shoots go. Exactly. So you have to sit there and put that in your head to say, wait a minute, that arrow could be less forgiving. I would have been anywhere near the 12. You know? Yeah, I just barely missed it on a bad shot. Exactly. And that shot would have been an 8 or exactly. a wide 10. Yeah. But I think that is target. the mindset of most people. Well, it is 100%. And even X count. They go down there and shoot you know, 53 Xs, and they count, holy crap, if I'd have had a 27, I would have picked up five more Xs. Yeah, that but may those, be the case. those five liners that you had on the, the four or five liners that you had, how many of those would have been fours? Yeah, exactly. With a with an arrow that was less forgiving or maybe mm-hmm. not tuned to your bow as appropriately. So Because... What, it goes back to that thing. I think you know archers try to buy points. We do it all the time. I see the customers do it, and it's not necessarily the smartest thing. You um, want to pause it, Jason? We almost had a technical difficulty there. Now you can fix it. I'm going to shut my mic off here. Yeah, we had a meltdown on his uh, boom. <laughs> he actually caught it. Um, Jaybird, what about you? As far as you are, you have a, you only shoot twenty threes, do you? I uh, shoot twenty threes for indoor. For indoor, yeah. And yeah that's because yeah. you. You pretty much are all USA, USA archery. archery. Yeah, yeah. The only the only NFAA indoor that I've done was with you here at league. Right. Um, and I, I was what last year, I picked up a set of the NVX twenty sevens, and I shot them. Um, it just they didn't shoot as well as my twenty threes did right. for me. Something about those twenty threes, and I mean my twenty threes that I run, I usually leave them full length. Right. Uh, throw one hundred and fifty on the front, three inch uh, X. X shield cut veins right. on the back and just go with that. And that's something else we didn't talk about, but a lot of times on that indoor side, the 27s especially, a lot of the guys, I want to say 28 inches and above, maybe 28 and a half, are usually going to shoot those pretty full length, maybe cut one to two inches off of them at most. Yeah. Um, I even shoot mine at 26 and a half inch draw. I'll keep mine at 28 um, just to get a more forgiving arrow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about a 250 or yeah. 200 spine arrow you want to you want to try and break it down as much as you can absolutely um so you don't like i said for me on on the indoor side 23s is what i shoot like you said usa archery is is what i do most of the time right um i've never had any issues with them this year 
indoor, of course, you've been watching me shooting. I'm I'm using my outdoor arrows for indoor, so yeah, right. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But well, your focus is a little different than most yeah. people. You don't give two craps what your indoor score is right now. We all know I hate indoors anyway. Yeah, I know indoors but, a necessary evil. But it is, yeah, yeah. No, I I completely understand, and it is interesting to see everybody, um, to see everybody's different setups. You know, I get to I get to watch you and and all the other guys that come in here and shoot NFAA. And it's been it's been a really good experience just absorbing all that the knowledge, um, if you may, from everybody's different setups. Oh, and they're uh, all different. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It it helps make me sound a little bit smarter than I really am when it comes <laughs> to arrows. But no, just just seeing how how different arrow setups and different diameters affect you guys usually helps me set up right. my own. Uh, right, so I kind of well, you know, through. so we can actually move into you know, now let's look at the you know the outdoor series for US Arch, which puts us into that fifty and eighty meter game, eighty meters more for the recurve. But you know, we go to the micro diameters, and we also do that for NFA field archery. Um, you know, you're shooting the X tens, correct? Yeah, and that's an aluminum carbon composite arrow, correct? Carbon interior, aluminum exterior, yeah, or vice versa. No, it's aluminum, aluminum interior, carbon, carbon exterior. exterior. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Could remember. And a point weight for you, I mean, we're you are running pretty what? what 120s. 120s. 120 yes. tungsten. Yeah. That's pretty across the pretty board. Across whether the board. it's Whether it's, I mean, really only like ultra micro now. Well, I guess Black Eagle came out with theirs, but uh, Carbon Express and Made Easton. the Nanos. Yeah, the Nano series from yeah. Carbon Express and then the X10 series, be it the... The standard barrel shaft, the regular X10 or the X10 Pro Tour, which is the Easton's compound shaft. Right. But. Yeah, those things, those nanos are super micro. They're the same as. Do you find they're hard to tune? I didn't have any issues with them. No issues. Now, okay, so we had mentioned the tri-spine before. That tri-spine kind of acts a little different. Right. So the whole idea behind that, and I mean, you can watch the Dudley video of him doing it, but it's not something that you can really measure on a $100 spine tester on your $30 <laughs> fold-out table. Right. Like, I mean, it takes when, a little bit more than that. No, well, it does. That was because, a good one. I remember when Dudley did that video. That was a pretty good well, one. Well, I mean, <laughs> for the general guy, yes, it makes a lot of sense to view that and see the way, you know, see it for what he shows it being. But when you look at it from an actual manufacturing standpoint, so like when we're testing them, or when I was with Carbon Express at the time and we were testing those arrows, we were doing it on a hundred thousand dollar spine tester with the triple laser deal that automatically rotated the arrow so you could test three sixty spine and all that was mounted on a solid marble uh table that had zero imperfection uh, imperfections on it so we could roll them and test the con- concentricity and everything too yeah now like so like a four hundred uh nano the center or the weaker section was like a 420 spine and then the two stiff ends so the front and the back of the arrow mm-hmm. that were the stiffer ends making the tri spine were like a 380 right so your $20 spine or your $100 spine tester probably isn't going to pick up on that nearly as well as you know a machine that was designed only to do that right right but th- with them that's where the whole tri spine and all that comes into play now how well it works is kind of up for debate the way well, yeah. the the issue I saw with, with it was every time you cut that arrow down, yes, you're decreasing the percentage of arrow that's there. Correct. The arrow gets shorter, which in turn should make it stiffer, but you're also decreasing the percentage of 
stiff portion of that arrow and right. increasing the weak portion. So the dynamic spine of that arrow didn't change a whole lot when you cut uh, when you back. cut when you cut it off the front. Now right. it did off the back because you're directly impacting how much stiff was between <coughs> the string and the weaker portion. Right. right. But it, that arrow was designed to be cut only from the front. Right. But you decrease the amount of st stiff arrow or stiff portion and increase the percentage of weak portion. Gotcha. So the dynamic spine didn't change a whole lot. Right. So can, do you ever get a chance to watch some arrows be made? I'm just curious. To watch what? To watch those arrows actually get I made. I didn't because they they made all the, they make all those over in Korea. Okay. At the reason, carbon and I never. So I want to tell you from visited. an industry standpoint, and and maybe you can help me debunk this or validate it. So when that when the whole tri-spine came out, you know, I came from the aerospace, aerospace world. So we were working, um, the company that I worked with, we were working directly with carbon fiber manufacturers on mm -hmm. the F-22 platform. The F-22 was pretty much the first um, all-carbon fiber aircraft, fighter aircraft yeah. to be built, manufactured. And I was talking to some of the other engineers about this when tri-spine came out. And I will tell you, from our standpoint looking at it as an engineer, we were talking about the impossibilities of creating multi-dimensional spines within a single tubular shaft. Because mm -hmm. you, if you look at an aircraft, for example, the one of the, when I was integral in the wings in the wing design for that F-22, and all parts of the plane are the same concentric amount, material level of carbon fiber throughout. Sure. So we could, one of the things that we could never do, because we always wanted to do this, for example, we, if we had, we wanted to add a more rigid carbon fiber at the fuselage and we wanted to thin that out to where we didn't have hardly any out there and other than for stability because it makes the, the plane faster and more maneuverable mm -hmm. we actually want the wings to flex if it makes sense right um, we're not yeah. looking for it to be so stiff that's one of the advantages over carbon fiber versus aluminum we could accomplish that with carbon fiber and plus we would cut the weight by more than two-thirds which right. makes everything better so when we looked at tri-spine we're like there's no way they can they can actually spin those on a mandrel and get three different levels of of, of cross-weave and mm -hmm. spines differ weaker because carbon fiber doesn't work that way. It's kind of like what we call an endless loop, endless loop system. Sure. Where once you start thing, one thing, it's got to finish that way. Yeah. You can't stop it, heat bond it, put it in an autoclave, and say, okay, now we're going to get it to mesh together because yeah, chemically have, it doesn't work. I have no idea how they make those. Yeah, well, it was one of the things that came out, and I thought when Dudley magic. did that, I thought, ooh, Dudley might be onto something because we've always questioned it. I don't. I for me, I only know the testing that I've seen. So you are getting three get, different seen, levels of. I've, I mean, at the the warehouse there in Flushing, like I watched us pull out samples, and you could see where the different carbon was together. And I even have prototypes here. I okay. think Roger was shooting them before, but they were proto prototype three D arrow. You can see the changes, the changes in the carbon yeah. from the stiffer back portion, the weaker middle portion, and right. then the stiffer front portion. I have not the slightest idea how they managed to do that. <laughs> so, what were but, they? Did you, did you think they were any more um, less durable, brittle, or were they better, stronger? In your opinion, that arrow was pretty brittle, but that was more due to the construction of it than anything. Well, else. and that, not so necessarily that would the, make the sense spine. because I bet you you probably could get away with it in an arrow platform where we're pushing, you know. Three three hundred feet per second on average, and the the dynamic forces with an arrow just going straight yeah. are not as severe as when you're pulling two Gs in a turn mm -hmm. or five Gs, and that's where I think you probably could get away with that. Maybe 
Because we, we were sitting there baffled. We thought, man, if they really did this. Yeah, I, I don't have the slightest clue to do it. Honestly, but I know they do it because like I could see where they bonded they the carbon bonded together. They bonded the carbon together with two. And you could take the same, like equal portions of an arrow right. lengthwise and chop it off at those bonding points and weigh them and measure them and they're different. in spine. And they're different. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, I, that's amazing. Well, I mean, tell you what, technology-wise, would be, you know, I think it's was something that set the industry on its head a little bit. I mean, that it's era, cool, and it's that era that was not, crazy. It's crazy something that popular. not a lot of people understand still. No, absolutely not. I can tell you. Once again, I'm the guy that tries to debunk the the theory, and that's why when Dudley did it, I thought it was kind of cool that he took took the initiative, not saying he did it right, but. Um, you're, you, it was it was unique. It was different. It was it was different, it's, and that's part of it. But I I think it's something that people are still kind of learning about. Like yeah. I, even I don't get everything about it, and I worked pretty closely. Yeah, with you them. worked with the engineers on design, mm-hmm. and it, it's I don't know. There there's stuff that I think was happening that then I'd take it to the engineer, and then he'd be like, No, 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 it's actually this, which <laughs> has the same result as what you're saying does right. is doing it, but it's not what you're saying it's doing. It's this thing, and that's gotcha. causing the same result. And it's I got gotcha. you. I don't know. It's a it's definitely something that we're still learning about. Right. So, but I mean, the reason they came out with it, at least on the target side, was when you go to, when you look at Easton and they have their, uh, the Pro Tour X10. Yep. And then the standard X10. So the, the regular Pro Tour is a tapered shaft. So the back end is stiffer than the front just because there's more material there. And if you take in the easiest way to do it, you wipe the label off of an X10 and you can physically see where that taper, where it goes all the way down the shaft, and then where it gets to the, uh, to the parallel portion. Mm-hmm. And you could physically see it. Same with the the standard X10s. You could see where that barrel was. So the, on the standard X10s, the center of the arrow is stiffer for recurve to help it stabilize faster after the archer's paradox. Right. Gotcha. No, it makes sense. Um, circle back around real quick. Go back to the 27s a little bit. Most people we talked a little bit are shooting full length shafts for the most part. If you're mm-hmm. over a certain draw length, would you yeah. agree? Yeah. We get down to the FIDA side. If you look at the outdoor, as soon as you go outdoor, I think it's when everything changes. Well, because there's you're you're fighting you're fighting a lot more than just oh yeah environmental your own now nerves. environmental conditions. <laughs> now you're trying to fight wind, yeah. rain potentially, yep. and yep. you're just trying to find speed, man. Yeah, humidity, I mean, humidity I mean, everything. I mean, you, I've, I know all about it, trying to fight for speed. And I'm sure you oh, do God, too. Oh, yes. Like every ounce. Dude, I, every feet per I mean, second. especially for me in FIDA, I can only shoot 60 pounds. Right. And I only got a 28 inch draw and I don't shoot crazy aggressive bows. Right. Man, I'm fighting to find 270 feet a second. So I, yeah. I think my arrow. And that's when speed matters. Yeah. My arrows last year were 24 and a half inches carbon to carbon for my outdoor arrows. Yeah. Yeah. They were insanely short. That's like Scott short. Yeah. Well, oh, I remember what we did at the short. beginning of the year, Scott. Huh? For for my arrows, we went, I'm, well, I was shooting 29 and a half, almost 30. And we went 27, 27 inch carbon inch to carbon. You, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, for you, you're only able to shoot 45. 45 so, so I really needed yeah. the speed. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the one beautiful thing about outdoor is that, A, there's usually an arrow and an arrow spine for everybody. B, there's more crossover as far as like if you wanted to find a do all end all arrow, it's easier to do for outdoor than it is indoor. Without a doubt, and that, that's so, crazy to say because there's so we're only shooting games. we're only shooting twenty yards in indoor. So you would mm-hmm. think there would be one arrow that everybody could shoot um, versus well, going out to fifty to seventy to right. Know. But like I mean, I won World Cup finals with a Velocity Pro, which is a two four six ID arrow, right? Just standard diameter, standard arrow. arrow. Yeah, and I shot that arrow for literally everything outside. Shot it for outdoor feeder, 
shot it for field, shot it for the field shoot and writing the Mark 3D. Um, I shot that arrow for the ASAs that I went to that year and the following year. Um, but for outdoor, you can find it's, – it's easier to find a do-all, end-all arrow. And even for me, I can get, you know, potentially get whatever arrow I'd like. And I still only have two arrows that I set up for outdoor. Right. I've got a 3D arrow because I'll set up like a 23 or 25 series for 3D. And then like this year, I'll shoot the Pro Tours. Right. For everything. Right. As far as field. Gotcha. Field, indoor, and all that. So so. the other difference too is that we'll, for the most part, we'll cut the arrows right at the rest. Yep. At the rest. I think it's one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of. the guys that shoot indoor, the the carryover, I see these guys shooting their arrows and they're two, three, four inches over long. And I don't know if they're just, I think that's, Which maybe mean, it's I, a money thing. It could be a money I thing. I get they don't that wanna, on, a, on a, uh, like for a kid or something. Right. For a kid, yeah. But I'm talking about grown adults. And then. Well, some of it's, they think they're trying to find the right spine. Right. To find exactly. The spine Instead that. of going to a lighter spine and shortening the arrow, you know, to get, I think it's a more efficient arrow, especially for mm. outdoors when it's coming off the rest right at the point. Um, and especially if you run a lot of point weight, I mean, I know some guys in 3d that still run 200 grains, yeah. um, up front, you know, they're trying to pile drive arrows that are when they're pounded in the 12s and, you know, going to 3d, there's a different game where we've got potentially three arrows. You're the fourth shooter and there's three arrows blocking up that 12 down there. Um, I believe that point weight makes a difference. I've experienced it myself when I'm only running 80 grains and I happen to hit one of those knock bushings. Guess where Scott's arrow is? It might be in the woods somewhere <laughs> if it's not as good to butt of the target because deflection is such an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have enough forward momentum and enough FOC in that shaft to help def- the deflections minimize the amount of uh, the deflection you get, it becomes an issue. Because, like, even me, as short as I am trying to maintain that speed, the most I can run is about 130. Yeah. Which sucks. I mean, I'd I mean, love even to for me, I was more. shooting two. 76 last year and i was shooting 120 grain points yeah god it just blows it makes you think when you get to the line and you've got three arrows down there you better learn how to shoot uppers <laughs> pretty quick no, i just went for it you just go for it f, <laughs> f your arrow man i was gonna <laughs> blow that sucker up you and then know. i'd miss and shoot a 10 anyways yeah, so it doesn't really be mad, it'd be matter to horn it <laughs> that's when i shoot fives yeah yeah <laughs> exactly um but yeah anyways cutting the arrows down the other big change when you go outdoors is vein size um, we'll yeah. get out of feathers almost 100%. I mean, there's some guys still shoot the little razors, but you'll go to veins and probably go to a more low-profile vein, especially on the micro diameters. Yeah. Less drag, you know. It's- well, less drag. And for indoors, you're trying to overdo everything. Correct. For outdoor, you are trying to go bare bones minimum. Yeah. So, like, for me, like, when I won finals, I shot that Velocity Pro, and I was shooting Vein Tech 187 Swifts. Right. A 1.87 vein, stupid short. Stupid low profile, but it was the bare minimum I needed to steer that arrow with the points in the setup that I had. So I think it, with a faster arrow, you do need a little more vein just because, I mean, there's less. It, you got same reason we try and wear arrows in, down inside. Same reason you need a little bit bigger vein outdoors because that arrow's in the air longer. Well, there's I was going to ask you. and that was Arrow's good, in the air for less time. So here's a good question because I, I think, I, and even I want to know this, what your take is on it, but... I struggle with sometimes, do we go with a little bigger vein, maybe a two, two and a half inch vein with a heavy, heavy helical to put more rifling, more spinning on the vein, get a tighter spin, even at 50 meters. Well, is that going to help us or hurt us? It's going to slow our arrow down for sure. I mean, it depends. So I remember having this discussion with George Riles about how much helical I was running on my arrows at the time. Right. Right. And Were you running a lot? It was that year. Yeah. Oh, I, 
six degrees as much on a <laughs> running on a bits as much as i could put on yeah, there and still have 100 percent six to eight degrees and that's a lot <laughs> and i mean that sucker was there was a ton right and he claimed that that arrow would literally be spinning so fast it'd get down to you know 60 70 80 yards and start just tapering off just dying well it creates a parachute effect in the wind mm-hmm. i mean people don't realize but when you get a lot of helical you are making well, a plume I, of air behind the arrow i think you need to have i don't know that you can get to a point where you like have that actually affect an arrow uh, now in a, in a I, I will a, tell you in a game like archery target archery i agree with you a thousand percent i don't think on it a, no if you're talking like a micro de- like i'm fooling around here fiddling with a x impact like if you had four if you had tim's uh, uh indoor four fletch four, <laughs> four inch veins all at a hard ass helical <laughs> right this arrow's tiny right with not a lot of weight in the back end of it anyways because it's a fairly light shaft. Right. It, I think you get to a certain point, yes, you can. I still but just don't think the arrow is slowing yards. down. At 50 yards, no. No, I don't think you can at 50. And that's, I don't that's think the thing. Just, I don't think there's such physics. thing. Now, when we get to hunting setups and guys wanting to shoot that arrow, let's say at 100 yards, that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does, and we've done all the testing on that to prove that. Well, and but you... You're, but, putting a, you're putting veins on the front of the arrow, too, because you got a fixed blade. Yeah, fixed blade head, exactly. Boom. There's a thousand different exactly. uh, uh, variables that you're throwing into it. But so, from an outdoor setup, I don't, what did I George, don't ever think it's a problem. What did George say about your helical? Was he trying to tell you, hey, you got too much? He, yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, and then I went me, finals that year, so I don't I don't think I had too much. Well, it's funny you say <laughs> that. And I'm of the opinion, too, that I love a heavy helical. And I think at 50 yards, you can't affect the arrow to slow it down enough for it to matter. Yeah. And well, I, I, if the faster that, you know, you look at it like, and I always use this example. If you're a rifle guy, you're going to shoot a smooth bore at 1,000 yards or a freaking heavy, heavy twisted rifle rifling bore. I mean, you want to spin the, yeah. that bullet as well, much I mean, as you can because it keeps it straighter longer. In rifling, there's, there's a difference as far as like twist per inch versus Correct. your yeah. bullet Correct. weight. You know, Jason, average, but, does Jason can talk to us all day about that. But you got to, with rifle, you got to think you're talking about thousands of feet per second. Oh, yeah. 3,000. The fastest Jason, right? bow. What's that? 3,000. For feet like an average. Yeah, like my, six. my, yeah. my I mean, favorite caliber is a 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, I'm shooting 3,400, 3,350. Jeez. Something like that, and I mean, I'm that's, shooting, no, but if you look at it from a ratio perspective of twist rate versus ten speed, times faster than, than any than one of the fastest compound bows on the planet, right? Yeah, right, right. right. And I'm shooting a one in ten twist barrel. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, there's no, I guess, there's no like formula the way you have like one in ten for this velocity, you can right. shoot this whip bullet one in. But you know, but they have that for guns, but we don't really have that. We for don't archery. have that for archery. But and, I don't think we have enough energy. To in an arrow for, to for that to matter. So I have watched arrows, and you can see this under even under slow mo video. You look at an arrow that comes out with a straight helical, and a lot of guys shoot those, like on the 3D tour, for example, mm-hmm. because they don't want to spin the arrow because they think it's creating too much speed loss, too much drag. Um, and you watch those arrows fly. I think they take longer to recover. Oh, they do than a heavy because they sit there and kick back. You and can forth. watch them fly. You can watch them. F- I call it kind of they're kind of like wandering in the air mm-hmm. they have direction yeah, exactly that but they're wandering and i look at that a smoothbore rifle bullet i think would be doing that very thing tumbling mm-hmm. without direction more or less i and that's why i've always thought that you know for me i like a heavy helical i think the arrow is going to steer straighter and better oh well i um, mean it, it but it's, it's big, gonna... big big this a big polarizing difference i don't in know opinion. i don't i know i, I don't... talked to danny mccarthy about it and danny is a straight vein guy does not do helical i like a two two degree two degree two degree helical. Yeah, i run about three 
I can honestly say I've never once in my entire life measured the degree the of my heel. Do you just set the bitch as hard as you can? As right much left? as I can. <laughs> Dude, six, bro. I don't even know how to measure the angle on it. <laughs> like, how do you, I genuinely don't even know how to measure, like, when somebody's like, oh, yeah, I use a Bitsenberg and with a straight fledge two degree offset. Like, I have yeah. not the slightest idea the two how degree, to even measure that. Yeah, the two degree <laughs> offset is actually right when you go opposite, right on the other side of the center line. Both parts. Learn and that's two. Degree, and that's two degree. Learn something new and today. See, for me, it's easy with a vein master because it's got all the numbers on there. It's got the. But like, I don't know. To me, it's something I just. You just don't think about it. No. Well, it goes back to that thing, and we're going to probably talk. Maybe we'll, so, we'll touch on it here in a second. Keep it simple, but, stupid. There you go, Bridger Deaton. If one thing I learned about this guy, we overthink. All amateurs overthink everything. Dude, <laughs> right. there's is is so much for the archery shops out there. There you go. I know, but man, it. it the amount of headaches you save just by slapping your crap together and going and shooting your bow. Like, you so, get so much more benefit I'm gonna, out of that than I, I'm any, give, tuning of, yeah. any amount of tuning So I want to turn this over to Bridger for a minute because I want him to tell this story because he's told it to me I don't know how many times. And I love telling people this because in, I'll never forget your first week in the shop. Is this the arrow story? Oh, yeah, dude. This is a good oh, one. <laughs> this is a good one. But no, the first week in the shop, I had a customer come in, one of my OCD guys, and they come in and they're talking about this. The point's not straight, and the sensor's not straight, you know, and he's spinning them, on, and I spun them, and they were pretty good. And, this, and Bridger, I could tell, was just ready to chew on the field points. Um, and, he, and I finally kind of integrated him into the conversation to, to talk about it because he told me the story about how he won his World Cup. And this is crazy. So shooting in the biggest tournament probably in the world at the time, or actually even today, and how you won that with the arrow and what happened. I want you to talk to the, to the, to the listeners so, and tell them, because so, this is awesome. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was 2014. 2014, yeah. And I was doing last minute prep and stuff. And I shoot for gold tip at the time. And I just didn't take the time to order more arrows because the ones I was shooting were shooting so good. But I only had like, I think I had like 11 arrows left. And I'd cracked the back end of one, like just barely hairline fracture crack. And it only went down the shaft about an eighth of an inch or so. So I took that arrow, stripped the veins off, cut that little eighth inch off the back so that, and re-squared it so the back end was all fresh and good and everything. Well, I was shooting 150-grain points at the time, and the shank on those points where it goes into the arrow is, man, it was at least an inch and a half, maybe a little bit longer. So I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter what the structural integrity around that shank is. The shank's holding the arrow together. So <laughs> right. I took another piece of an arrow, fresh arrow, and cut an eighth-inch section off of it, slid that, pulled the point out of that arrow that was cracked, slid that little eighth-inch section over the point towards the, all the way up to the front, glued it there, and then glued the point back in. So you basically had a three-piece arrow. So I had, like, if you're, if you're staring, if you're looking at the arrow... Like the way I'm looking at this X impact, you got the point. Then I had a little eighth, eighth inch, inch sleeve. eighth inch sleeve of arrow. <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of the arrow. Yeah, and, that and I'm arrow, about a hundred percent confident that I shot that at World Cup final at some point. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally won a World Cup with that, and there's not many guys that would have done that. But I'm not saying it was smart. Don't do that. People. Like, shoot <laughs> but it goes to show that stuff. arrow still performed for you oh, and, yeah, it was fine. and helped you win a World Cup. It was fine. It was fine. I remember at the first World Cup I went to was in Shanghai, and Dave Cousins was with us, and he was making fun of me because he sat there and like grabbed one of my arrows out of my quiver and was counting the number the of bushing hits. Dimples. Number of bushing hits. Yeah, the little dimples on the the pin bushing. <laughs> He's like, man, that arrow's been hit. 
like 13 effing times, bro. You need to change that. And I grabbed it from him and spun it. I was like, it's no, nah, man, the pin's straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you know, it's funny. I have customers that come in with the same scenario. They'll have a, I don't know, a hairline cracker. I'll get these guys that come in. And you know, sometimes some of our, our, our junior technicians will, you know, grab the saw or not push a knock back in all the way in the saw. And there might be an eighth inch different. I mean, I, lengthwise minimal. minimal yeah and i mean honestly and it, it, it's literally a grain and a half possibly two if grains that, if that there's a customer today that was yeah. asking if it was all right that some of his arrows weighed like 492 and yes. the other ones weighed like 480, 480. yeah <laughs> i talked to that same guy too but, like, but those are the kind of guys and they they get crazy about that i know it's you know wild. and i'll tell them i'll say bro i'm gonna be honest with you and i'm not trying to be an ass but i'm being honest you can't aim that good Sorry. No, I've told him. You like, cannot man, aim that good. You, there's no way you're shooting out shooting that because, no. I mean, not that I'm better than every every single person that walks in the shop, but I feel like I'm probably up there on that yeah. list. Oh, yeah. I can't outshoot 10 grains at 100 No, yards. you can't. And that's what, you know, even for me, when I break a tip or if I hit a, the back of a bushing and I, I'll just saw it off and put my bushing back in it, and I'll shoot it because, honestly, on a deer, at least for, and this is a hunting scenario, but, you know, deer's got a five five to eight inch kill zone i can get that arrow in that deer. five to eight inches he's yeah. a little texas deer they oh, got yeah. five or eight inch circle there you go yeah <laughs> they they have it at five eight inches it just fluctuates about 18 inches in yeah. altitude up or down <laughs> every time you yeah. shoot because they duck go. the arrow so stinking hard. right but no yeah, but that is but that is a funny story because a lot of people they uh, customers you know and, and I'm, I'm i guess the listeners too for you guys don't get so hung up on that those little bitty 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 things because i have i have one guy that I know for a fact he uses the boning hot melt and he literally cuts it with a razor knife and grain weighs every bit of melt that he uses on his inserts. Because if his arrows aren't within one grain, he will not shoot them. And I just, it drives me nuts. I'm like, dude. I don't have that kind of time, bro. No, heck no. I learned something amazing today. What? You know, we've always talked about the X10s and the aluminum and how they might bend and whatnot. Right. So I'm sitting there shooting and... I, I had one arrow that I had in my hands, and of course I'm pushing my chair. And I'm coming back, no. and I had the arrow in my right hand, and I went to push really hard, and the arrow slid and went into my spokes and the ground, and it got stuck in the wheel, and I saw it, and Keith Chanel was there, and we saw it, and this thing was almost. Keith in said a, it was like it was it was half. yeah it was almost in a U shape. It was it was weird. So he comes over to help me, pulls it out. And I'm thinking, yeah, this thing's going to have a crease. It's going to be bent. Nope. No he, crease. He no handed nothing. He, no way. Jason handed so me I that spun arrow. It. Spun Are you it. serious? Yeah, I and spun I was, it myself, and I felt it, and I was like, that feels kind of smooth. Let me give it to the master. He gave it to me, so and I, I spun it, it and I was like, like, what are you giving this to me for? I expected to like grab it and have it like spin so bad it jumped yeah, out, jump out of your hand, hand or yeah. something. It was straight. Oh, yeah. I went and shot it. Wow. And it shot just fine. Wow. Learned something new. Now, am I going to take it to a tournament? Probably not. Why not if it's straight? But, yeah. That's cool. Overthinking things too much. Yeah, we do it for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I think we covered most of the target side. I'm trying to think if there was anything else on it. Um, you know, just if I had to say one thing, just keep it, uh, keep your point weight up as much as you can and still get good arrow flight. But shoot for groups. Well, shoot for groups. Shoot for groups. Shoot for groups. Well, I mean, no matter what the arrow size is. Well, we can get into uh, uh the foc deal a little yeah, bit we'll talk here. about it here in a second yeah but well from a from a target archery <coughs> perspective from all the testing i've done like you see more consistent arrow flight and better grouping at long distance with an arrow that sits around that 
like nine to twelve percent on FOC on FOC yeah. you as know, opposed. And honestly, I've never even measured FOC. I couldn't tell you, you couldn't what tell a single you. one you of my arrows was for right, FOC. Right. But like looking at it from a like when I take a, a ultra lightweight shaft arrow like a, a Black Eagle X Impact or a Victory VAP, and you toss one hundred and fifty grains in the nose of it versus like a Carbon Express Nano or a, a, a X10 from Easton with 120 grains in it. Um, I don't know, you get a little bit better grouping running a little bit heavier arrow shaft and a lighter point. Right. Versus vice versa. Gotcha. No, I hear you. Jason, I'm a, I don't care. I'm going to talk about it. Don't do hunting arrows. We're at an hour and 15 already. <laughs> We can get there pretty quick. If you're shooting 70 pounds, buy a 300-spined arrow, throw a 100-grain rage on the front of it, and kill whatever you want in North America, <laughs> and you'll be fine. And you're That's done. Your hunting That's arrows. it. That's your hunting arrow. Yeah, I wrote that note because I'm thinking, man, if we get That's into this, arrows, this hunting arrow well, you know, it's going to be another so two hours. We can, no, we can actually cover this pretty quick because I think you, you've, we've talked a lot about target, and I think we've covered most of the bases. And if we haven't, make sure and let us know, and we'll get those questions answered for you. Um but the hunting arrow is somewhat similar in a sense, but I will tell you my two cents on it now. Yes, you can kill an arrow, kill a deer with about any arrow that's manufactured in today's world. We've been doing it for up teen, up teen years. I will say to take advantage of, I think, some of the things that are out there available now, the micro diameter movement, I think, is real, and I think it's valid yep. for me. Um, and the reason is because you're getting a whole heck of a lot less drag. I think you got more guys killing animals at farther distance than any time in history. Yeah. I think the 20-yard shot now is more blasé, and I think more guys are going to that 50, 80, and 100, and considering all environmental conditions. Being from, a, from a Western hunting standpoint. A Western hunting standpoint, yeah. So yeah. I'll take away the, you know, the guys in tree stands are still shooting 20 to 30 yards, I mean, almost exclusively. Um, but if we look at Western mountain hunting, that's what the guys are looking for. Micro diameter, I think, is the way to go. You got less drag both in the air and in the cavity. I mean, we are, mm -hmm. I will tell you, since I switched to them, a lot of my customers have, we're getting more pass throughs than ever because you're making a big hole, like Bridger said, with a Rage broadhead or even a big, you know, Iron Will broadhead. And then you've get you've got very minimal drag with the shaft because the hole yeah. is a heck of a lot bigger than the arrow. And it yeah. makes everything happen a lot easier. Um, you know, spine size, I will tell you this shop and I, th and I will take this across the board on everything that I hunt and I don't care what it is heavier, the better. Um, I agree with Tim Gillingham on one thing, him and I had talked about this about four years ago for hours. And I, and I say this to all my customers, you can always tune an overspined arrow. You can never tune an underspined. Yeah. It is impossible. And so you take that into account, you know, the spine charts, I don't even look at them. I think they're bad for business personally. Well, they, they, I will say they have been adjusting them. They have they? They, I don't even look like at them. So I don't ten know. years they left them the same. <laughs> yeah, and then the last like four or five years, everybody's kind of been adjusting to right. what normal practice has been, at least in our shop, and as well as shops everywhere else. I right. know when we're in Des Moines, like at working at the store there. If you were a dude, you're shooting 60 pounds, I just throw you in a 300 spine arrow. Right, Every exactly, time. exactly. Every time. And honestly, I think unless – even the women, most of my women are Shoot minimum at least 350. 350s. So, at I, least I mean, I think a hunting perspective, probably. I don't think you should ever look at anything less than a 350. Even a lot of our kids well, that are shooting 35 to 40 pounds are in 350 spine arrows. I mean, it's a heavier shaft. You're going to be able to do more with point weight breaking down the spine and it's going to be a more effective killing arrow well, and we kind of talked about it with the 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 blazer vein being popular yeah. but 
Dude, the biggest the biggest issue is is in my opinion because most most shops are running a heavier spine. Most of the arrows they're selling are to their large customer base, which is dudes that are shooting at least you know twenty seven to thirty inch draw at seventy pounds. Right. Which that screams shoot a three hundred spine arrow. Right. For your standard diameter arrow. Right. So that's what they sell to women too because that's what's available. Right. But and it helps so much for women. It helps so much. But the issue is when, like, they're buying a pre-fletched box of arrows with blazer veins on them. Yeah. And then they go to – so they they buy that, and then they look for the cheapest broadhead, and they buy yeah. a pack of Muzzy MX-4s that if you call Muzzy and say, hey, I can't get my broadheads to fly, and they ask, are you shooting blazers, they will not fly with blazers. Right. <laughs> because I've had that phone conversation <laughs> multiple times. They literally tell you, like, if you're going to shoot an MX-4, throw a 4-inch right. vein on them. Right. But the issue is nobody puts enough vein on the back of their. I agree, know, which 100%. is why I'm glad. Like, like here we run those uh, the, the three inch X vein yeah. from Boning. Same right. material as a Blazer, but it's a three inch vein, a little bit lower profile, a right. lot quieter. Correct. Which I think that gets overlooked a lot. A lot. Um, but just having enough vein on the back, Tim, it's hard not to go back to Tim because he's been in the arrow business for twenty years. Exactly, seems. and he's but the guru. He's, but like. From a physics standpoint, you have to have more drag on the back of your arrow than you do on the front. It, it's, it's physically impossible, regardless of how straight your arrows fly out of your bow. You have to have more drag on the back. That's why an airplane has vertical and horizontal stabilizers in the back and not the mm-hmm. front. Exactly. It's the same premise. And it's, no, but like, even, it's if, the same dynamics. even if your arrow flies out of your bow so stinking straight that in a controlled environment you could shoot a broadhead without fletchings on it, right? you have to have fletchings on it when you shoot outside because there is outside elements you exactly wind move in every direction rain potentially snow any all that jazz oh god so i'm gonna go there all right so i got a question because i've never seen you do it and i'm, so I'm curious what your answer is going to be on this one bear shaft tuning to 20 yards yes or no why exactly god well i mean i've, d- uh, anyway, I've well, done I it this guy came in for a reason <laughs> i've done it yeah but like i don't see the point in doing it if i'm gonna Put veins on it. Put veins on it. A, so, put veins on it anyway. B, have to broadhead tune yeah, anyways. Yeah. Which, in all reality, broadhead tuning and bare shaft tuning are almost the exact same. They thing. are. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're uh, two different know, things you, with different reactions of both, but they are very similar. Do you know how many people on the internet have drunk this Kool-Aid? How we got a rep in here from Elite that just all he talks about is hitting his bear shaft and his freaking vein shaft at twenty yards until Blake goes to the tournament with that. Oh my god! And that's what you know. And honestly, I just told so as as an engineer that worked in the aerospace world forever, I always tell people. So the guys that so would you go fly a Boeing seven thirty seven without wings? Because if what you're telling me, I can make the plane fly straight. You know, but um, because we don't test them that way, and my dad used to always tell me, you know, hey boy, you gonna go out there and shoot that tournament with no veins? No, sir. What the hell are you out there tuning <laughs> your bow that way for? He goes, you know, well, as soon as you put a vein, and, and, and people don't realize the minute you put the surface area of a vein on an arrow, you are changing the dynamic flight of that shaft. Yeah. Period. Well, I think there's a place for it as far as a for tuning the bow. Check and see maybe. if your stuff's consistent. I would do every once if I had a vein tear off or something. Just out of pure curiosity, yeah. I'll do it. Right, but like, but you're going to see that in the tear of the twenty yards. Or in something. twenty yards, if I'm within four inches, it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Oh no, Indoors, these guys. I've got guys that if it's not hitting shaft to shaft, you know, Greg Copeland, a good friend of mine from from uh, Mississippi, I'll never forget. He's on archery. What's it? 
Target, Target Archery Unlimited, Archery Unlimited. Oh my God, that uh, we could do a whole show just reading the posts that go on there, and because it's hilarious. But Greg, you know, that's the big polarizing thing: is bear shaft, no bear shaft. Greg's like, a, like you and I, and he went out and shot a group of arrows um, at seventy yards, and I mean, in a in a in a soda pop bottle can mm-hmm. top. I mean, tight tight group at seventy yards. Then he shot his bear shaft, and it was about two inches out to the right, and he said. I want someone to tell me I should retune my bow. <laughs> but here's the sad part. I know some guys who would do it. Yeah. They'd go back and start tuning yeah. that bow. And, and it's what, just. If that's what gives you confidence. Man. Oh, yeah. My God, I hate that bear shaft. It drives me bananas. I don't know. Paper tune your bow. Put a broadhead on it. Yeah. For a hunting bow perspective. Yeah. Paper tune For it. a hunting bow. Yeah. Get that really good. Or even pretty darn close at six feet. And then just sight in at 20 yards and shoot a broadhead. Right. See how close you are. Usually you end up moving your rest, what, a 32nd of an inch? So I, I think the big thing that Bridger's talking about, and I agree with him a thousand percent, we, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why he's such a good fit here for us is that, you know, we are big vein guys here. I mean, I'm just not a fan of blazers. I'll put them on if you ask, but we want that three inch vein. It gives you, the archer, a ton of flexibility on a broadhead you're going to shoot. Yeah. You can go from any mechanical on the planet to about any. Um, non-mechanical cut on contact broadhead and, and get some good arrow flight out of that broad, out of that vein. Um, and so it, big advocates of it. And I always ask the customers, why not? Because they can't give me any good reason. Yeah, they'll talk about drag at, at 100 yards versus the blazers. i just not buying that. Well, the, the blazers and, are so loud that animal is going to be 10 yards from where you shot at it gets at there. 100 yards. <laughs> 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 they're flying through the air. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, you know, the big takeoff here is, you know, shoot a heavier arrow when when possible. Always shoot a heavier arrow. Get some larger veins, which will give you more flexibility on broadheads. And, you know, and the other big thing is the FOC game. You know, we could talk for hours on this, and I'm not going to do it because I know we're probably approaching an hour and 30 now. Um, but, you know, the FOC Kool-Aid is being drunk by the gallons by the guys on the Internet. Um, there are companies out there making millions of dollars right now talking about 20 to 30 to 40 percent foc and it is asinine now i agree with foc i think you should be somewhere in that 9 to 15 percentile i'll go 15 on some elk build arrows you know or if you're going to shoot a cape buffalo even then that's not like like an extreme and that's not an extreme right but when you're talking about i mean i know some guys and i had a customer come in here last year that drank the valkyrie kool-aid and brought in arrows that had almost 500 grains of weight in the front end of it. There's just no arrow it's, on the market that you can have a stiff enough. No, you can't put enough vein on it. it. Uh, honestly, yeah, you can't put enough vein, but you can't. There's not enough carbon. Let's say just a solid carbon too. So what's funny? We took that arrow outside, and I said, "I want you to go to 60 yards and shoot it." And he did, and it was unbelievable how bad it was. And uh, I said, "Let's go strip it because it has, you know, their their whole system has got the little AE Max." pros the little ones mm-hmm. four fletch and it's still not near enough vein. we've stripped them off and i put a three inch vein on there went back out still didn't steer that sucker came back in and we ended up going to a four fletch q2i four inch vein mm-hmm. to get that arrow to stabilize enough for it to fly somewhat straight i still wouldn't shoot it and it just gets down to the bare bone physics of you put 500 grains in front of a 250 spine arrow or even a 300 you're breaking that down to roughly a 400 spine arrow, and at 70 pounds, 29 inch draw, you're not flying that arrow. It's just not oh. going to happen. I don't. There's just. I don't think there's a physics. It I don't takes think there's too much a, energy to steer that much mass. Th- exactly, and th- especially when it's up front, and you don't have enough on the back to steer it. I mean, it. 
always say that FOC is, you know, there's a tipping point when it becomes unresponsive or it becomes, you know, unstable where you can't recover it. And I think that that is that 20 to 30 to 40%, which we're seeing some of these guys shoot. 20 yards, can you get away with it? Sure. If you want to blow through something at 20 yards, great. But to take it long range, and I had one manufacturer, the president actually admitted, yeah, we built this arrow really for 20 to 30 yards for recurves. Mm -hmm. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, for a recurve, you get away with that one all day long. But out of a compound, it was just, it makes no sense. But yeah, the, the don't get hung up on that FOC game because it's getting way overboard, getting way crazy. Even guys, I know one of the broadhead companies makes a broadhead that's got two inches, two and a half inches long. And people don't realize you might as well take two inches and put it back on your arrow. And now you're really changing the spine of the shaft and they can't really, why didn't it tune? You know, I think some of the manufacturers nowadays are making uh Mechanicals. I love the dead meats from G5 because if you look at them, their profile is almost identical to a field point. Yeah. And they will fly identical to your field point arrow. Now, you get to a Rage Tripan, you could get some flight anomalies because it's a, it's a what, inch and, inch and a quarter long ferrule, roughly? It's a little bit longer. Maybe a little longer. The titanium, that that's one reason I like that broadhead. The titanium ferrule. Oh, yeah. They're super straight. A lot straighter than the aluminum. They're, they're amazing. Those We love the Rage Tripans. They're they're awesome, but um, yeah. Anyways, don't get crazy on the FOC. You know, keep it simple, stupid on your. Because here's the big reason when you come to hunting an animal. If you're hunting an elk, you've got a, the kills on the size of a block target. It's pretty big. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's huge. I always get a kick out of the guys. You know, yeah. I'm not ready to go elk hunting. I don't know if I'm good enough yet. If you're gonna kill a Texas whitetail, <laughs> Bridger, you know. You could definitely yeah. go get hit a block target. <laughs> I can't even kill Texas White yet. So, <laughs> well, the season's not over. Season's not over yet. But yeah, but and that's the thing. So you got a five inch kill zone, a minimum for a good Texas Whitetail. And mm -hmm. if we go to an elk, I mean, it's a it's a it's a big kill zone. So don't get so hung up on it because you're not shooting a dot at fifty yards or you know a twelve ring bonus twelve ring, big as a quarter at forty yeah, no yards. Kidding. So it's a whole different ball game. Even like you, Jason. So Jason's the anomaly. I don't know if we talked about it in the last show, but he killed the water buffalo with a regular arrow. Yeah, but that was... Muzzy broadhead, I think. Yeah, it was an MX-3. Yeah. MX-3, 100-400. But at the same time, it was it was a 42-yard shot. But it was like shooting a door. If you miss a door at 42 yards, you have no <laughs> business with a bow. Um, granted, I wasn't just aiming dead center. I wasn't aiming center mass. Yeah. I was trying to put it in the heart, put it... Or in the lungs, and yeah, it's 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 not that that difficult. If you if you take the the head game out of it, just yeah, go out there and do what you what you well, know how to do. And didn't your wife just kill a whitetail recently with a bow? No, she hasn't. She hasn't killed oh, anything hasn't with a bow yet. yet. Okay, no, she she's bow. extremely she's scaringly deadly with a rifle. That gotcha. six point five has a lot of string noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, not but, when you put a can on it though, it kind of sounds oh, like a rim yeah, fire. That's true. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So I think we went way too far. I knew this was going to be a big subject. Um, we'll probably circle back around, talk about FOC at another time. Well, and just other arrow setups. If you guys have questions yeah. on like specifics for like what I do for, for uh, a field or 3d or FIDA or what Jason does for the same deal or what Scott does for his hunting arrows. Cause he's hunting a little more than Jason and I are, uh, just ask. I mean, yeah, could submit questions if you guys want to know like specific stuff or uh I Yeah, don't know you know what would be cool if they do that, we could maybe even do a good one hour segment 
maybe once a month or something and just go through each of those individual questions and make sure we and cover focus them on and it. focus mm-hmm. on those questions so that we get you yeah, the right answer. I mean, we can, we can talk all the live long day about our setups, but the, I don't know, it's hard to describe why we do certain thing without a question behind it, I guess. Right. The input. Right. Or like the way something reacts to a certain other thing. Hey, I got a know? couple. So, of, just, I know that these might be important questions for the listeners. Hot melt or regular glue? Uh, well, for hunting arrows and stuff, I just use super glue. But gotcha. For for target arrows, I always run hot melt, even hot on melt. a carbon arrow. Because it's easier to get out if you want to change. Easier to get out if you want to change something. Right. Um, one thing I like doing, especially with an arrow that doesn't have like perfect specs as far as the straightness tolerance goes, I'll actually sit there and heat the point up just a little bit and turn it and spin it on my hand to try and get and the arrow to balance. straight, right. Gotcha. Jason, what about you? Hot melt or glue? Hot melt. I I go with hot melt on both. On both? Yeah. Gotcha. I just, you know, especially if I'm, if I'm, I, I shoot fixed blade uh, broadheads. Yeah, you can take so. and turn the inserts instead exactly. of using a, a broadhead uh, washer. You guys yeah. think, do you guys think there's a difference between using good old fashioned, I don't know, Loctite glue from Walmart or, or Gold Tips glue or? No, there's like four companies on the planet that make super glue. They all come out of the same fifty-five gallon drum. <laughs> See, I, I kind of like, I kind of like going with a, a two-part epoxy. <laughs> the, For veins? He's, no, he's kidding. The folks. the two the gold tip, tip grip, yeah. the Easton vein glue, yeah. the G five glue, and Gorilla glue from Walmart all have the exact same bottle. It's just whether it's clear blue or orange. There you go. <laughs> So I, I, I wanted to bring boning, it up because I already knew that. I just wanted boning that. boning glue too. Right. I mean, you would know more. You no, but it's but stuff. you're but right. They, no, they they like, all. I've used one of my favorite ones. Uses the for fletching is the uh, Loctite control Loctite control gel because it comes out. Oh, it's, it's perfect. Not you very, can make it. Yeah, the thick stuff. Yeah, it's real thick. It's not viscous bead. at all. Yeah. Yeah, you can make a perfect bead oh, right yeah. down the center of the vein. Yeah. Pop it on there. Right. Yep. I like that stuff that you guys use here. Pinnox. Pinnox. Genox. Four. Oh, there's a good one. So you, there is depending on what you're shooting. Mm-hmm. I'll okay. run a pin knock for basically everything outside. Indoors, I run Jeez. only that. I don't you use the, the big G. I use the Super 3D. Super knocks. What about you, Jaybird? Uh, pin knocks for pin everything knocks I for everything. can. Okay. Even, even my hunting arrows. I tried oh, that. I yeah. And I'm a G guy. I use G knocks for about everything. I love G knocks. So I think it's just oh. preference. Yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of it's just more so comes down to arrow weight right. than durability. Because indoors, gotcha. I mean, I'm pushing a... 600 plus grain arrow you want a big sturdy knock i don't yeah i don't yeah. i want something that's actually i learned that from you this year it. i'm using that same knock now i got all this to switch over to that Easton knock yeah. i think we're seeing yeah. a little bit of results in running a g or a I pin agree. knock now i, I say that. that i shot my first the first time i made the shoot off in louisville for the nfa indoor round uh Pins. i was shooting triple x's with pin knocks yeah that's a little bitty so, knock for that big old arrow oh yeah i was shooting a little itty bitty <laughs> the little bitty ones, ones. yeah like the old school HD, ones no the teeny tiny no before hds the oh, ones really? the ones that the bows now they break them the ones that i wasn't in archery yet yeah mm-hmm. you weren't archery yet <laughs> exactly that's good to know too um i think it was i'm just trying to think of some of the little things i know that's that 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 always we always get questions about you know mm-hmm. and why we do that so i wanted your guys opinions on those just to see where we're at. Um, What's the best lube for outdoor use? I get that a lot. Are you kidding people, me? Yeah, arrow people lube. ask me. They're like, dude. So you know, you know, one of the best lube. the arrow lubes, in my opinion. What we used to do was take the thirty-five millimeter film canisters mm-hmm. and we put uh, foam in them and cut, a, drill a hole through the foam, and then I would fill them with WD forty. WD forty. WD forty. I would use. Uh, 
I used to go to Walmart if I forgot to bring Arrowloop with me to an international shoot. Go to a, either a Walmart or just a general store or whatever. Buy uh, shoe shine polish. Shoe shine yep. polish. Yeah, that's what I was. That works say. good. Um, no just like a bar of Dove soap. We we'll use Dove soap all the time. Yeah, I just like a little bit on the. I mean, yeah, makes yeah, my arrow smell good. good. Yeah. Well, now you've got, now you've got, on the front of the arrow, but you've got Scorpion Venom now. Scorpion Venom. I have all the the manufactured stuff. The, man, it's hard to go anywhere with Woody's. Woody's. Woody's is one of the best. Yeah. Without a doubt. Or if you're ever around one of the pair of guys, um, prosthetic grease. Works good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Seriously. That was something that, that Jeremy had with him all the time. Hey, so one thing, do not use lube if you're a 3D guy because you can't pull lines. Oh, yeah. Hey, so it's a true story. I know some guys that shoot the the Victory NVX series arrows, which have the what's it called again? The, the ice, ice coating. The ice coating, and they literally will sand that off. Sand it off. And I know some guys that actually will sand off gold tip, black eagle, you name it. They will rough the first ten inches of their arrow. I, they can pull I always that joked line I was gonna, lines. I always joked I was gonna take mine. I was gonna put skateboard grip tape around the whole arrow. <laughs> you like a like a, instead of an arrow wrap, you yeah. use freaking grip tape. Yeah. Well, and the reason lines. is, folks, just to let you know, if you ever shoot a 3D tournament, um, you can pull lines. And I have seen arrows, this is what I hate about this rule, that were literally a quarter inch outside was, the line. What was Tommy's? Tommy Gomez had an infamous arrow in a ASA shoot-off. I mean, on the Bow Junkie video at the time when he did it, that arrow looked like it was a half, half an inch out. out. Yeah, and if you <laughs> shoot, a, yeah, if you shoot a heavy enough shaft and get enough friction, you can. If you pull the outer side of that line into your arrow, and it's literally a half inch out, I've seen this. It's called the twelve, and I just think it's a terrible rule um, because you're not there. You're not even close. But they call them line pulls, and I get guys. We it happens every year in every tournament. It's every pulling group. the line. It's pulling the line. <laughs> And you got to give it to them if it happens. It's a, it's a crazy rule. But anyways, um, so that's another tip out there, too. You know, if you want to sand them, you can. But just, you know, keep the lube off the arrows in 3D and just live with the fact they're harder and heck to pull out. Um, just part of the part of the game. Um, I think that's it, then. Yeah. I think um, we can circle back around on another yeah, episode and, and talk about broadheads and hunting and stuff. Maybe we can even talk about that that video that's on your YouTube channel. You know, where you guys did the uh, broadhead testing. Oh, yeah, with the uh, the Rage. Yep. Yeah, we have some good stuff on that. We test broadheads here. We do some crazy stuff for sure. But, uh, yeah, folks, um, hope you enjoy it. Um, this has been a pretty long one. I knew it was going to be long because there's a lot of information to cover. Um, hopefully you gain some insight into, into kind of the, the things that we do, the things that some of the pros do out there, and to help up your game. If you have any questions, you can feel free. You can call the shop, Leading Edge Archery, or... Get with us on our page, and we'll try to answer those, like I said, in a later later edition, later episode. So, Nat, thanks for listening. We hope you guys are liking this format. Keep uh, keep sharing it as much as you can. Um, help build the audience base, and hopefully we'll see, keep giving you some really good information to take with you in your archery endeavors in the future. So, other than that, have a